Hey man, what is going on? How are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Alright, so if you could please, please, pretty please go down to the show notes, hit the subscribe button. Should be some clickable links. Go to the... Click on them things. Go to them places. Like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend. Interact with me, please. I like to think of my show as a conversation starter. So go on over to the social places and interact and say hi and continue the conversation. I, uh, I hope I've asked a lot of questions. I hope I've answered a lot of questions. I hope you ask a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, let's interact. What's going on? How are you doing? Alright. So... Um, huh. yeah, now that I think about it, I didn't really have anything to talk about. Right. Um, I mean, there's stuff to talk about. Like, uh, well, let's, uh, we already did the, uh, let, let, let's, we already did the minimalism thing, and it took me to that place where I realized I need no things. So, uh, that that kind of led me into this this place of what is what does that look like you know are there are there any examples out there of people that voluntarily live in poverty voluntarily have little to no stuff they have some sort of purpose in life. What is that purpose? How can it help guide me? And the first thing that popped up was Buddhism. The the, the monastics, the, the 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 Buddhist monks, right? And I, I saw a commercial. I think it was like Honda or uh, one of those car commercials, and all the monks they're. They're sitting in some sort of natural bowl formation, and they, uh, the, the one guy still owns his car, and it beeps or whatever, and, you know, before the car, you know, there, there was a, you know, like a whole second or two of this, this deep reflection of, ah, Yes, I've, I've, I found I found the next step. Now I was saying I don't know. I, I guess I was being a bit more final about everything at that point. Saying I found the answer. Here's the path. Here's the thing. Right. But. <laughs> Sorry, I got another one here. <laughs> All right. How do I say? Ah, there's another one. I was, 
at that point, I was, I was more under the impression that it's, you know, the, the path has already been laid out for me, I just need to follow it, right? I don't think that's a very fair way of looking at it, okay? It's like, it's more like a map, okay? You take a map of wherever, right? For me, an easy analogy would be a map of Springfield, Springfield, Missouri. Take a map of Springfield and you've got you know, you've got all of the main roads. You got uh, you've got Kearney, you got Division and Chestnut, Battlefield, right? You got Campbell and Glenstone and um, Kansas Expressway, the West Bypass, right? You got all those roads. You can see those roads. You can see where you're going, right? And you know. You're at point A and your destination is point B. And and you see the you see the map. You see the path. It's it's there. It is laid out in front of you. You know, Siddhartha Gautama, the the you know the Buddha. Referred to as the Buddha instead of a Buddha, right? He, he helped to draw the map. Right? Now, much like Springfield, Missouri, when that map was first laid out, okay, I'd imagine there wasn't all of those roads. A little bit I do know about the history of Springfield is that, you know, much like other major metropolitan areas, it started out as a as a small place and it expanded and eventually took over the smaller towns uh, next door, like Queen City. Right, Queen City used to be another town that was close to Springfield, and Springfield grew and grew and grew and took over. Queen City, right? uh, absorbed it, assimilated, resistance is futile, and, and the, the map got bigger, the map changed, all right, the road is still there, the path is still there, it's just, instead of it being a dirt road, now it's paved, they had cobblestones, and then they got asphalt, and doing whatever it is they do in the modern time. Much like Springfield, the Buddhist path, for me in my mind, has changed since the days of of Siddhartha Gautama. Right, the path that he walked. Right, there's a map that you can you can follow the steps of Buddha and all of the places that he traveled. Right, and there is a, a significant change over the last. 2,500 years, right? If Springfield is, is, you know, uh, 
interesting. If Springfield is 200 years old, right, that very first map is different. The path, the path is there, the roads are there, but the, the, the stops along the way are different. You know what I mean? There used to be a, a mom and pop type of shop on the corner of this place and this place. Well, you know, that, that store shut down 50 years ago and something else opened in its place. You know what I mean? The, the, the point A and the point B are, are, are the same thing, right? But the, the 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 things, the events, the stops along the way—all these things are different. Okay, much like much like Buddha himself, Siddhartha Gautama was different than you know. He experienced all of this stuff all the way up to his enlightenment, and then, and then he became enlightened, and he and he showed his friends, like, hey, you aesthetics that I traveled with for all of this time, I figured it out, and I'm going to share it with you, right? I don't know the whole story, right? And eventually, I I will sit down and read the story listen to the stories and stuff like that but it's it, it's it's only going to be another layer of influence that is my own individual trip you know what I mean it's not the, the things that I do are my path, the things that you do are your path, the things that Siddhartha Gautama did was his path, and he shared his path, right? I'm trying to share my path, right? So if I do something that you know you think is wrong or isn't quote unquote Buddhist, okay? I'm sorry. That's why it's called a practice. Um, I I might I might be judgy in my head towards other people also, and. Know, I, I can't, I can't help that any more than the next person. You know, I, as, as far as living a, a plant-based life, some people, you know, some people think it's okay to eat fish. Right? I get a little bit judgy. You know, it's, it's a, it's an animal. You know, it's, it's a sentient being, and you're killing a sentient being, and, you know, and like in the last episode, I killed a bunch of demons, right, so, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, none of us are perfect, right, Buddha himself wasn't perfect, you know, and it, and it, it comes back to the idea of the Four Noble Truths, where, you know, if you're alive, you will know suffering, every single day, there's some level high or low of uh, of suffering from, from the, the death of a, of a loved one or a friend 
to just randomly walking around and stubbing your toe. Right? Something, something's going to happen, and, and the the Buddhist path is a reduction of that suffering. <coughs> you know, to see it, to see it as, oh man, that sucks. I stubbed my toe. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. You know, to to turn that around, to turn that suffering around, and say, oh man, that that just. That just makes me appreciate how soft the grass is, you know? It sucks. The suffering will pass. The pain will go away. And when it does, and I set my feet down on the grass again for the next first time, I will be that, that feeling will be reinvigorated of, of setting my my foot down onto the grass and feeling feeling the grass grab my foot feeling the feeling the you know the the energy of the grass mingling with the energy of my foot feeling my foot hit the dirt Feeling the feeling the earth come up and give my foot a high five. Like, hey man, how you doing today? Is your foot feeling better? I sure hope so because I got all this lovely grass right here for you to walk around on and enjoy. Right? I dig it. I dig it a lot. Right? It, it is. It is a really awful, awful feeling to to experience the loss of a loved one. Okay, I, I, I realize I, I'm not in any sort of a position to you know brag about how many people I care about passing away. Right? We all. We all live in our own hells, right? We can't ever contemplate or understand anybody else's hell, right? Even if we've been through something that we can all agree is worse than what that person has lived through, right? And I'll be the first to admit that, my, you know, my hell has a lot less suffering in it than a lot of other people, right? And I'm not trying to sound special or brag or anything like that. It's just, you know, I, we've, we've all experienced the, the suffering that comes along with the loss of a loved one. All right, my grandma, she's, she's not doing so good. Okay? She's getting old. Getting old, she is old, you know. And it's the, the last couple of years she's been kind of on a on a slow downward trend. And the things that they used to do, they're not able to do anymore. And and this year is kind of a kind of a big thing because we used to do this big family gathering at this place and. We've been having to do it 
closer to Grandma and Grandpa so that they didn't have to travel so far. And uh, the last few years, we've been doing it closer to Grandma and Grandpa, but our, you know, our traditional family place is a couple of hours farther away. And uh, it's actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm moved, where I moved is on the, the other side of, of this destination. And this year is the first year that we're going to be going back to that place and, and uh, you know, opening that up to the next generation, my generation, uh, well, not my generation, my, my parents' generation, to, to take over the, the responsibilities of this gathering. My grandma is not going to be able to make it. It's, it's too much of a thing. Her, you know, she has her good days and her bad days and really doesn't want to have a bad day there. And uh, everybody has to experience that kind of thing. So it, it's, you know, she's gone ahead and said that they're not going to make it kind of thing. And it's... It's it's really starting to drive it home that you know this this could be you know the the end of the road kind of thing and I'm sad you know I I am it's uh but it's it's also it's also kind of a weird thing because. say I'm excited for her. That she's had this experience and this experience is over and she's about to find out what happens next. You know? She's got she's got an idea in her head of what happens next. I have an idea of what happens next in my head. And it's not so much a matter of finding out of whether I'm right or wrong. It's just just the, the finding out is exciting. Just the the experience of it all, you know, and, and finding finding the the excitement and and the joy of of moving on to that next step and instead of you know instead of fearing the inevitable, instead of dwelling in the misery and the suffering that comes along with the the, the stress and the anxiety of what's going to happen next just be accepting of that there is going to be a next whatever that next is even if that next is nothing because none of us know you know I, I, I like to think of myself as a as a, a, a bit of a fact-based, evidence-based, science-based kind of person. Right? And there's there's that that gray area again. You know, look at the yin and yang of, you know, the one the one side being religion and the other side being science and that that gray area in the middle being life. 
there, there are some things that science cannot account for. There's a lot of things that religion said that science has debunked. Religion used to say that, that the earth was the center of the universe. Obviously, because that great big ball of light in the sky goes round and round and round us. Duh. But you start digging into the science of it all, you find out, oh, hey, you know what? We were wrong. We were way, way wrong. <laughs> and, and we get more wrong every day about, about different things that religion was adamant upon however many hundreds or thousands of years ago, saying that this is how it is, because I say so, and I'm, I, am, I am the voice of God, and I say this. Like, well, you know, you're, you're wrong. Here's the science, here's the evidence, here's the facts. Right? If you can present any other sort of fact that, that can debunk my fact, then awesome. Let, let's hear what you got. I want. I want to. I want to be. I don't know. I, I. I feel like for the longest time, my mindset was that I wanted to be more right. And I think. I think it's now becoming more more of a mindset of being less wrong. You know, and I, I know it, it I know it sounds like six of one a half a dozen of another. Right? But I don't necessarily need to be right. I don't necessarily need to know the answers immediately, right now, all the time. Right? And it, and it kind of goes back to living in that gray area. I, I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess I just enjoy being in that gray area. That there's, there's all of these possibilities, right? There's all of these possibilities of... Wife keeps texting me. I'm sorry. Um... Um, how do I say? There, there's all of these possibilities. And if you get yourself set on this is the answer and this is it and I'm putting my blinders on and I'm not looking at any of this other stuff out of my periphery, I'm headed straight for the goal. Right? You miss out on all this other stuff. and head south, you're going to hit Branson, right? 
Branson being the goal, Branson being point B, Branson being heaven, enlightenment, uh, Stovall core, you know, that, that being the goal and you put your blinders on and you just head straight for the, for the destination, you miss out on all the cool stops along the way. You miss out on Ozark, you miss out on Nixa, you miss out on, you know, all the little side roads and stuff that, you know, you'll eventually get there, yeah, but, you know, hopefully it takes a lot longer to get there, and hopefully you, you have a lot more life, a lot more experience, a lot more wow to your life rather than, you know, being born, going to this one building, call it a church or a temple or whatever, reading the one book that's the Bible or the Tao or the, or the, the Quran, the Kabbalah, you know, and and only living that life because that that one book said so and then getting to the end of your life and, and somebody asking the question do you have any regrets I'm like yeah man I wish I would have read a second book I wish I would have went to one more building I wish I would have had one more friend I wish I would have had you know one more conversation you know I that's, that's why I, I can't get into the whole monastic thing. I dig Buddhism a lot. I, li- I, I dig Taoism a lot. There's little bits of me that I dig Christianity. But you start getting into, you know, some of these do this and don't do that and you're allowed to do this and not allowed to do that. I'm like, no. You, you don't tell me what I can and cannot do. I don't care if you're Jesus or Lao Tzu or Chongzi or, or Confucius or Buddha or Bodhidharma, Thich Nhat Hanh, Ramdas, Raghu Marcus. I don't care who you are. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, President this, President that, Emperor this, Emperor that. You don't get to tell me what to do. Okay. grown up, I I get to decide what's right and wrong for me. Right? It just so happens that I agree that murder is bad. Killing people is bad. Killing animals. Killing, killing in general is bad. Okay? And I'm in a constant endeavor to reduce that suffering in my life. That's precept number one. Either, either, either interpretation or translation of it, the, either the no killing or the uh, cause no suffering. You know, it, it, it's both there. It's both. Uh, it, it, it's a. It is a point B. Right. So instead of looking at all of these things, like you know the. And, I, and, I, and I'm in that weird place in my head too that if I if I make this promise to uphold the five precepts, I mean it. I really mean it that I'm I I'm not doing these things anymore. You know what I 
I mean? But it's also it's also one of those things where you know sometimes you know it's it's easier or better or causes less suffering by lying. You know what I mean? Like Santa Claus. Alright? If my children are listening to this right now, I'm sorry. Santa Claus isn't real. Alright? And it, it's it's one of those things in my head and in my heart that just absolutely kills me because I'm lying to my children. Okay? I know Santa Claus doesn't exist. I know the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist. I know the Easter Bunny doesn't exist. I know all of these things are not real. And I do my best to try and be as vague as possible whenever we're talking about these things. Like, Daddy, is Santa Claus real? What do you think? And And I get into... I get into the level of... You know, we're just, we're, we're all Santa Claus. We all invoke that spirit of, of giving at this time of year because it's, it's cold outside and, you know, it's time for the harvest and, and all that fun stuff and, you know, there, there's, there, there's that, that, that sharing that, that possibility that your neighbor didn't do so well in their garden. And you you bring a gift of, of bread or wine or, or herbs and spices kind of thing. You bring a gift to them in, in hopes that, that it will help. got a little bit extra, you send a little bit their way, you know what I mean, and then it, and then it kind of turned into this commercial, greedy, materialistic thing that, you know, just got way out of hand, you know, you, you, you don't really love your wife unless you spend tens of thousands of dollars on this big chunk of rock. it becomes a competition. Well, I got a four-carat ring. Oh, I got a five-carat ring. Oh, I got a ten-carat ring. Oh, man. And then your wife comes home and like, you don't love me as much as my friend's, my friend's husband does because you didn't spend $100,000 on a ring for me. If you really loved me.
that that could be one of those places where the where the stand is made. You know, it's like you know what, no more of this.
right? And I'm and I'm I'm sure my my new first instinct is is equally aggravating. But I just say okay. Right? I, I, at, at that point of at that point of argument, I'm I'm getting hit with something that I probably didn't know, and I can't just process it and 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 move on. I, I gotta I gotta pause for a little while. It's like like you know looking at looking at the idea that we're doing something wrong right now as far as our society and our civilization and you know our our cultures and, and, and all of that this idea that we are we are the dominant species on this planet and it's wrong or not. If anything, it's bacteria, viruses, and all the little microscopic stuff that's going on. That's the dominant species. Right? We're just, you know, we're just trying to, to, you know, to live with it, kind of thing, you know. But it, it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's that mindset that I'm trying to take into everything. That, you know, it, it took me this long. Uh, th- this much life experience to to get myself to where I'm at now and all of the things that I've done before I know are wrong you know and I know it's not maybe maybe wrong is not the right answer maybe wrong is not the best answer maybe maybe it's I've I'm discovering a better way Maybe, maybe that's a better way of saying it. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing there's a better way. That the way I was doing things wasn't really the best way of doing it. And now, now that I've got this mindset, I'm, I'm doing my best to apply it to everything in life. And, and you know, me being the micro scale and society at large being the macro scale, coming, you know, hopefully soon, you know, Hopefully, hopefully the boat is being turned around right now, and I'm just not fully realizing it just yet. <coughs> but, but hopefully, you know the boat's being turned around right now, and it's and it's you know all of these little all of these little changes that you know helps everybody come to the realization that you know you know we've been producing plastic for however many decades now and in one form or another all of that plastic still exists whether it's in its in its full form the the milk jug in its full form or it's been you know it's been broken down into its microplastics and stuff it still exists down down to the atomic level. It still exists, and it's in our food, and it's in the fish, and it's in our plants, and it's in us, and it's in our cells. It's in our DNA. And it's in our oceans. There's a there are islands. You know, for for many years, I I'd been telling people about the, the the island of plastic trash in the Pacific Ocean that's the size of Texas. 
like wow the whole size of Texas it's like every piece of plastic in the entire world just winds up there or something but it turns out there's not just that one there's one you know there, there's one there there's one in the Atlantic there's there's another one in the Pacific uh, the Indian the Indian Ocean right and and all of the creatures that live in the ocean are being affected by this because we throw stuff away. We live in a disposable society. And, and trying to get people to understand the phrase that there is no away. When you throw stuff away, it doesn't it doesn't disappear. It doesn't help for the most part, it doesn't even get recycled. It doesn't get reused. It doesn't it doesn't become something else. It doesn't it goes away, but that away is somewhere else. You know, I'm I'm one of those jerks. Whenever, whenever the, the that picture of the kids is going to start going around here pretty soon again because it's it's beach season and you know there's a lot of beaches with trash on them and stuff that nobody wants to deal with. And I commend these kids for doing it, but going around and and picking up all the trash on the beach and 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 all of that that that's that's awesome. You know, congratulations. I wish there were billions more kids just like you to be an inspiration to you know the next generation of billions of kids and then and it just keeps going on and on and on from there. That's a great step forward, but to also take into consideration where does that trash go? And one of, one of my you know, favorite slash least favorite answers is the landfill. People are like, it goes where it's supposed to go. I'm like, where is trash supposed to go? Where are these things supposed to go? And they're like, well, duh, the junkyard, the dump, the landfill. Like, look at that word landfill. You're taking trash and you're putting it in this big open pit and then you're covering it with dirt. All right? And later on that that pit is going to be so full, so filled that it's, it's going to level that area off and then they're going to build stuff on top of it. They're going to build homes, they're going to build parks, they're going to build schools, they're going to build stuff on top of that trash. And it doesn't go away. It will eventually break down, yeah. Many thousands of years from now, and that city that's sitting on top of all that trash, whenever it breaks down and, and the city starts to buckle and falls into the hole, they're like, oh my god, what happened? We had no idea. Yeah. Because for thousands of years, at, at that point, thousands of years of existence of that plastic, you've been told over and 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 over that we've got to stop doing this. That's bad. Bad, 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 bad.
off here. Got mob delivery to do. Have a fantastic day. Hopefully I've said something in here that stirs the brain a little bit and makes you want to have uh, some more conversation on one of the topics. All right. If so, go down to the show notes. There should be some clickable links. Click on them things. Go to those places. Like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend, interact with me. Let me know what you think about the show, and off I shall continue. I will talk to you in the next episode or on social media or something along those lines. Have a great day, and later, man. Bye.